normalcy is creeping upon us. Masks and capacity constraints are coming off, and the economy is being turned back on. As indicated by the Wall Street Journal, America's revival is driving up demand for everything from plane tickets to dinner reservations. While growing demand for goods and services is a positive for the economy, what isn't positive is that many companies that stand to benefit from surging demand can't keep up with it. As an example, many restaurant owners say their inability to hire enough workers represents their highest hurdle to recovering from the pandemic. Applebee's, KFC, and IHOP have each been holding mass hiring events in an effort to add tens of thousands of workers to their restaurants. Some restaurant owners are raising pay and expanding benefits to try to attract more workers. Restaurants and bars added nearly 200,000 workers last month, but industry employment remains 1.7 million positions below pre-pandemic levels. Along with rising transportation and freight costs, labor shortages are also driving prices higher. Recent government data indicate that U.S. consumer prices were 4.2% higher in April from a year earlier. That was the highest 12-month level registered since the summer of 2008. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Absent some really surprising development, job growth should be plentiful in America during the balance of 2021. For instance, some of the nation's largest employers of entry-level workers are adding tens of thousands of new positions as the economy marches toward the post-pandemic world. Earlier this month, Amazon indicated that it would hire 75,000 more workers and offer $1,000 signing bonuses in certain locations. McDonald's wants to hire 10,000 employees at company-owned restaurants over the next three months. It will be raising pay at those locations. Indeed, the demand for workers is high enough to drive wages meaningfully higher across the economy. Average hourly earnings for private sector workers rose 21 cents in April to $30.17 last month, according to the Labor Department. As indicated by writers Sebastian Herrera and Heather Haddad, the gain is especially noteworthy since strong hiring in the lower-wage hospitality sector would typically place downward pressure on the average wage statistic. Amazon has indicated that its open positions are associated with average pay of $17 an hour, more than the typical starting wage of $15 per hour. Last month, the company announced that it will be raising wages for more than half a million hourly employees, an investment exceeding $1 billion. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by writer Noam Scheiber, one of the most urgent questions in economics is why pay for middle-income workers has increased so slightly since the 1970s. The growth in middle-income pay has been agonizingly slow even as pay for those at the top of the income spectrum has escalated. For years, the opinion among many economists was that inexorable forces like technology and globalization explained much of the trend. But in a new paper, Lawrence Michel and Josh Bivens, economists at the left leaning Economic Policy Institute conclude that government is to blame. According to the authors, quote, intentional policy decisions, either of commission or omission, have generated wage suppression, close quote. Among the policies that are criticized are decisions to tolerate high unemployment and to let employers battle unions aggressively. 
trade deals have also been criticized by the Institute for forcing workers to compete against lower-paid labor abroad. The authors also criticized the tacit or explicit blessing of new legal arrangements like employment contracts that render it more difficult for workers to seek new jobs. Doctors Michelle and Bivens argue that these developments deprived workers of bargaining power, which resulted in slow wage growth. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Here's the situation in America right now. The economy is coming back strong after a period of partial hibernation. Demand for all types of goods and services has been surging. But the supply side of the economy is struggling to keep up. The result is shortages and price inflation across many parts of the economy. As indicated by writer Neil Irwin, for the last several decades, companies have been resisting raising prices or paying higher wages because they believe that doing so would cost them too much business. That helped to dampen price and wage increases across the economy. The question is whether current circumstances are sufficiently extreme to change that. Take the price of used cars and trucks as an example of a newly emerging dynamic. The price of used cars and trucks rose 10% in April on a year-ago basis, a factor that helped push the overall consumer price index to its steepest year-over-year jump in 13 years. With respect to the price of used vehicles, there are many factors at work. For instance, rental car companies reduced their fleets during the pandemic-induced collapse in travel. Now they are struggling to rebuild their inventories and therefore aren't selling vehicles into the used car market as they normally would. One could tell dozens of such stories. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by Bloomberg Wealth, high-earning Americans are now likelier to change addresses than low-income earners. That is a reversal from the usual pattern according to an apartmentlist.com analysis of Census Bureau data. Among workers earning more than $150,000, 16% have relocated over the past year. That was up from less than 12% in 2019. The pandemic has caused many high-income earners to leave densely populated cities behind for a number of reasons. These are the people who have the greatest ability to secure a new apartment or to purchase a home. A separate survey, one conducted by the New York Federal Reserve, finds that households with incomes above $100,000 are more likely to move in the coming year. That also makes sense in the context of high housing costs, particularly for those seeking homeownership opportunities. Meanwhile, younger people who typically earn less manifest a lack of flexibility to move except back home. According to Census Bureau data released last month, more Americans ages 18 to 35 are living with their parents than at any time since at least the 1960s. In the past, lower income earners were the more likely to move, but the pandemic has turned many things upside down. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.